Hello and welcome to the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor, here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how you doing? How's your weekend? Adam, my weekend was okay. It was okay. It was uh, filled with a lot of rest, filled with a lot of recharging the batteries a little bit, because now we're in August. Yep. We're getting there. Kind of nuts. Exciting stuff. It's kind of nuts. Yeah, but here we are. We're we're a month away from September. Like a month from now, a month from tonight, a month from today is is our draft. A month yes. from today, we will be planning a dual plan. Not even planning, doing a live draft. And about three or so weeks from today, we'll be doing our co-own draft. Yeah, three weeks from tomorrow. Sheesh. Wow. I'm excited. I am excited. I do love myself a nice draft. That's why you're in like 50,000 fantasy leagues. Uh, more like 50,001, if you want to be really accurate. Okay. Fair enough. I do love myself and I, I do love myself a nice draft, though. I am uh I have a severe case of case of uh draft of colitis. It, it really is it's a it's a sickening disease, if you ask me. I got nothing to say to that. It's a terrible I, disease. I, I like drafting. It needs to be treated with the most care and respect in the world. I wouldn't say I'm addicted to it, but I do I do enjoy it. Uh, the draft is the best part of any fantasy league. Hands down, far away. Yes. Anybody could draft. A, a, a five-year-old can draft. Well, that, that I, makes it fun. Yes. Because there's always there is always shithousery, and that's what we stand for. Shithousery. How was your weekend, Adam? Did you uh, did you uh, work any baseball games this weekend? Uh, well, I did watch a little bit of the Mets Hall of Fame ceremony. As did I. Inducted uh, Ron Darling, John Matlack, and Eduardo Alfonso. Yes who is phenomenal, phenomenal person. I wish that I was like, I wish I paid more attention to the Mets. Like when, when he was playing, because I was barely even like cognizant. Of, I was going to say you were probably three. If that <laughs> I was barely even cognizant of my own state of being regardless. Fair. And I only really started watching the Mets in 2006. Interesting, Adam. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I have a I, I have a report. I, I have something that I need to say. Is this about Anthony? Well, I also watched Anthony Rizzo just destroy the Miami Marlins over the weekend. The Yankees are back. The Yankees are back. We're 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 all in. We're all in. Anthony Anthony Rizzo is the most beautiful beautiful man that has ever walked planet Earth. Hands down, far and away, my guy Tony Rizzo, absolute king. Hey, Tony. Anthony Rizzo is his Chicago name. In in New York, he's now Tony Rizzo. Can I just say, yes. like literally a week ago, you were mm-hmm. saying, oh, ba- I, baseball is dead to me. I don't Yankees like- who? Yankees who? Yeah, I know. I know. Then the Yankees go out and they actually do some nice things. They do things that I agree with. I even- Tony Rizzo, Joey Gallo. Andrew Heaney even Andrew Heaney actually, actually taking the hill tonight against the uh, against the O's. The reception that Anthony Rizzo, excuse me, Tony Rizzo, Tony Rizzo, that Tony Rizzo is going to get at Yankee Stadium tonight. Holy fucking balls! He's from New York, right? No, he's from uh, Parkland, Florida. Oh, yeah. He said he said that he had connects in New Jersey. I don't know how. Don't ask me how, but I just he- heard him say that. The real connection that he has to New York is like an extension through Jersey. Well, he is from Florida, so there's probably something. Yeah, he's from Parkland, Florida. They said it. Uh, they said it during the game. Yep. And then Joey Gallo, my guy Joey Gallo, went to um, went to Bishop Gorman and is friends with uh, Bryce Harper. No way. Hmm. Went to Bishop Gorman High School. Noticeably home to one of the best high school football teams in the country. 
and happens to play baseball with Bryce Harper. Oh, you know, just just so happened to play high school with Bryce Harper, high school baseball with Bryce Harper, just by chance. Yeah. Hey, Tate Martell went to Bishop Corbin, and oh my God, if Tate Martell penned out for Ohio State, which he fucking should have, and the fact that he didn't is a goddamn crime. Oof. Tate Martell got in his own way, and then we had a guy named Justin Fields usurp him. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what. I do like Javier Baez already. I mean, he strikes out, like, a lot. I have noticed. Even, like, when he was with the Cubs, he strikes out a fair amount. But when he hits them, he hits them real fucking hard. Yes. Yes, he does seem to hit them a mile. Hey, big loser for the weekend. Anybody associated with the Chicago Cubs, they had to watch Anthony Rizzo. Friday, Javier Baez Saturday, and then Chris Bryant Sunday. Home run, home run, home run. In yep. their fir- in their first games with their new teams. Not yes, it's so weird how that happened. Hey, Tony Rizzo wants to be a Yankee for the rest of his life. Sign to ten. Sign to ten. Hey, listen, if we can get uh, a recreation of that great Mets infield of nineteen ninety eight with Javier Baez and Francisco Lindor, then I would be more than happy to do that for you. Can Baez play second base though? Yeah. Okay. Or you can play third when the DH, when the universal DH comes in. Yeah. But I I think I'd rather him play second just because the, the the connection that was there between Lindor and McNeil, that there wasn't to be honest. Yeah, which kind of sucks because McNeil is really good at second base. Yeah, he's really good at second base, but McNeil is not signed for 12 trillion years. No, he's not. Lindor is signed for 12 trillion years. They need to work that out. Well, I guess we can move McNeil to right field when once noted Scott Boris client, Michael Conforto, walks in free agency. Yes, not that, that, that's a possibility. Or, because or you, or you put Boris. him in left. Or you put him in left. Honestly, Dom has looked kind of good in left. If I'm being yeah. honest. Yeah, he's looked okay in left. And who else do you have? Oh, you have um, Brandon Nemo. Yeah. That's who else I was forgetting. Yeah, he sucks. Wait, he does not suck. He sucks. He does not. He, every time I see his face, I want to punch him. Oh, he's great. He's awful. I love Brandon Nemo. I love Brandon Nemo. He is the spark. Of that who's, pitch, who's pitching for the Mets tonight? Is it is it is it the new Degrom? The new Degrom, uh, according according to you, of course. It is actually. He's going up against undefeated starter TBD. <laughs> It'll probably be an opener then. Against well, Miami, I am start. I am starting that young man in fantasy tonight. I know I picked him up yesterday. I just forgot what his name was off the top of my head. Because I'd never heard of him until you said the young DeGrom. So if the Mets get absolutely slaughtered tonight, you know why. I hope not. Well, if they get slaughtered tonight, you know why. It's because yeah. of me. And the Yankees are going up against Jorge Lopez. Yep. Andrew Heaney versus Jorge Lopez. And it's going to be a wonderful night at Yankee Stadium. Can't wait. He had the 2-12 and 12 record with a 6.19 ERA. I think the Orioles are like 26 and a half games back first place. Something absolutely ludicrous. I could uh, verify that. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're 20, 26 games back. 26? Okay. 26 full games back. That's oof. that's ugly. Well, well, you know, they're only 21 and a half out of the wild card. Oh, they could recover. Yeah, and the Mets are still three and a half up on the Phillies somehow. So before we get into the uh, being meat potatoes of the program, Adam, I Wait, have to add. hold on. I just yeah. want one one thing. Yeah, and then I have one thing too, so it cancels okay. each other out. Guess how many games back the Arizona Diamondbacks are of the Giants? 33. 33 and a half. Oh, so close. I was so close, Adam. Oh, yeah. I should have gone for that half. 70, Damn it. They already have 70 losses. Yeah, that's awful. Oh, I really hope they break the Mets record for losses in a season. 
It might. They might. I really hope so because they're, they're real bad. Like the Tigers of 03, they they will be the worst team in baseball without an, without a good excuse. But the thing is though that they they kind of have talent. I know. I mean, I'm not even gonna go with the Madison Bumgarner route because he he he's oh, it's over. Cattell Marte. It. But they had Cattell Marte. They have Cattell Marte. Uh, they had Eduardo Escobar, who like, well, they both are, him. Both are very good. Yeah, but yeah, God, Arizona. Hmm. Well, I don't have much love for that that franchise. They should have thrown the the 2001 World Series. Oh, that's fair enough. Should have. Give me a break. I, Yankees have won three, had won three championships in a row at that point. Oh no! Wait, you went to the World Series against the Royals. I I, I said, do sincerely apologize. You won a World Series in 1986. Oh, the Oh, it's so terrible. You've chosen this life. You're a Mets fan. Get used to it. No, I'm saying that it's a little greedy to say that the team should have thrown a World Series just because you're the Yankees, and it was Mm -hmm. 2001. Absolutely, the Marlins should have thrown their World Series too in 2003. Oh. Absolutely. Fuck Josh Beckett. That prick. Love Josh Beckett. I'm breaking the fourth wall right now. Abby heard Josh Beckett. She is incensed. Yeah. Love Josh she Beckett. is incensed by, by this behavior. She, she, she is just, she's lost her mind. Especially Hall of Fame catcher Pudge Rodriguez. Oh, but we love Pudge Rodriguez. We absolutely love Pudge. Great guy. Kurt Schilling, dickhead. Yeah, no, fuck Kurt Schilling. Proper dickhead. Miguel Cabrera, though. Love him. Uh, we, we, yeah, no, we stand Mickey. Mike Lowell? Fuck Mike Lowell. I don't want to hear any shit about Mike Lowell. Fuck I love him. Man. Listen, Mike Lowell is kind of, sort of, part of the reason that we got Mike Piazza, so I'm not mad. Fuck Mike Lowell. Flat out. I don't want to hear anything otherwise. Fuck him. You know, who, you know who I... I, I have a newfound appreciation for Adam and he is a, I, I may have to get a Jersey of his just because I'm just, I'm that big of a fan already. Yes. Our new friend, Ryan Reeves. Oh, how, how can you hate Ryan Reeves? I don't understand this. I can, I can pull up about three specific plays. Adam. He's uh, he was against you. He's now for you. Embrace him. The shit houseery is gonna be for us. It's gonna be great. I'm not sure. What are you gonna him. do? You're gonna be Mr. Fair Play when Ryan Rees is taking cheap shots there on the ice? No, no. Only if Good. it's Tom Wilson. Good. Only, yeah. Only take, if it's Tom Wilson. Ryan Rees, take your stick and absolutely chop at Tom Wilson's ankles. I don't give a shit. Fuck him. Just do what Bill Guerin did in the 90s. Just like hit him across the face. Facts. Facts. <laughs> if if Ryan Reeves wants to do a Chris Simon on Ryan Holwick, Tom Wilson, I'm all for it. Or even if you want to do, do that to Matt Martin, a Matt Martin, Matt Martin, Ryan Reeves fight. I would put my money, my good money that we see one of those. Revo against uh, Matt Martin. Yeah, there might be one. There might be at least one fatality in in the Metropolitan Division in the 2021-2022 hockey se- NHL season. It's not going to be the New York Rangers. Get tough. You're getting tough, yeah. boys. Carolina's just like, what the fuck? We just li- what did we leave? Hey, what who? did we come back to? Who? Ranger South. Thank you. Yeah. Truly, like they've taken Ranger South and they've blown it up times like ten. I know, because they have Brendan Smith, Tony D'Angelo, Brady Shea, Jasper Fast, and they just signed Derek Stepan. They just signed Derek Stepan. Yeah, so they have five. Did they sign? They didn't sign. Like people were rumoring them to sign Auntie Auntie Ranta too. 
I hope they didn't sign Anthony Ronta. Otherwise, I would actually say some words to the Carolina Hurricanes because I do love Anthony Ronta. Yeah, he doesn't deserve that. Well, he didn't deserve to uh, to rot in Phoenix or Arizona, whatever they're called now. I'm just trying to say there's anybody else on here that played for the Rangers. Kevin Shattenkirk available. I'm sure they could pick him up. No, he's on the... He's on the Ducks. Still? Yep. Yeah, that's the, the only ones. The only ones that are there. Stepan, Smith, Brady Shea. Oh, Adam. You did mention Tony. You did mention he who should not be named, right? Yeah, Tony Kumba. Yeah, he's there. Love him. Tony Q. Angelo. Tony D. Tony Jesper. Brady Shea, Brendan Smith, Derek Stepan, and Antti Ranta. Wait, they did sign Antti Ranta. Yeah, they did. Oh. Yep. <sighs> so it's six. Six former Rangers. More reasons to. I just don't like Carolina. I used they to like Carolina. hate us because they ain't us, but they're trying to be us. I used to hate Carolina, or I used to not hate Carolina because they're a very likable team. But now I now I just can't stand them. I would disagree. I don't think they're very likable at all. They well, they before all of this, they they were a pretty likable team because they were you know young. They were a young team on the on the up and up. They okay, swept, fair. They fair. swept the Islanders for 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 one thing. Any team that, that takes out the Islanders, I'm a big fan of. Tampa Bay. I mean, my God, I might be a bigger Tampa Bay Lightning fan than I am a New York Rangers fan at this point. But so now, they've done me a huge favor. But now that they've you know. All this stuff coming out about how Tom Dundon is such an asshole that like they they traded Najelkovic for no re- for basically no reason for absolutely nothing yeah for literally nothing they signed noted locker room cancer Tony D'Angelo all alleged lowballed they're like they could have they there was a, a significant chance that they could have not signed Rod Brindamore because they kept lowballing him. And his assistance. Well, these are all what ifs. These are all what ifs. I am a big believer in second chances in the United States of America. This is what this country was founded off of. And if Tony D'Angelo goes up in Carolina on a one-year contract and puts up a 50-point season, then fourth chance. Fourth chance, whatever. It's a it's in it's in a new spot. New new chance, new place of scenery, and and not to mention it is it is in North Carolina, so it might be better for him if you get my just wink wink. If he puts up a if he puts up a fifty point season or even a forty point season, everyone's going to say how Carolina is fucking brilliant for doing it, and the Rangers are going to look absolutely stupid. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I'm I'm not saying that it is going to. I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just saying that if it does happen. They're they're gonna look like geniuses for doing it, and the Rangers are gonna look stupid. That's fact. I don't think regardless of who the guy is, that's just fact. The Rangers are not gonna look stupid. The Rangers are gonna look stupid. Absolutely. Look at Ryan. Look at Ryan McDonough. Ryan McDonough was traded for a sizable package, but has then has since gone on to win two Stanley Cups with Tampa Bay, and now the big question is, oh, how could the Rangers trade Ryan McDonough for that? To now allow him to go win two straight down like up to Tampa Bay. Because it's a bad look. It's a bad look. The Rangers look. were undergoing a rebuild. They sent out the letter and everything. But the return sucked, is the point. Yes, the return you, did you, suck. You let go of Tony D'Angelo for nothing, regardless of circumstance. Regardless of circumstance, you let go of Tony D'Angelo for nothing. If he goes out and sucks in Carolina and all he does is do the same thing they did in New York, then no one's really good at that nine. I'm going to say, okay, this is not a shock. Caught him. His career is over. But the dude puts up a 40-point season or even a 30-point season and is productive, can play, can give 17, 20 minutes a night to Carolina. And not to mention that's a division rival for the Rangers. You know he's going to come back to Madison Square Garden and he's going to try and fight everybody. And well, I don't blame him. I don't I think, blame him. I think Ryan Reese is probably going to, is probably going to like murder him. I, I want to see Chris Kreider and Tony D'Angelo drop the gloves at center ice. I think they have, I think they have some unfinished business. Yeah. 
this is a guy that got punched in, this, in the face by his own goalie, and he got cut. He didn't get punched in the face by Georgiev. Yeah, he did. No, he was he was fucking he was fucking with Georgiev, or he was you know going at him, and it was Kreider that popped him. I I mean, heads the joke. Yeah, it was Kreider that popped him. I mean, fuck he, Chris, fuck Chris Kreider, but that's besides the point. People said it was it was Georgiev. I from what I've heard, it was it was it was Kreider that Kreider came in and, and stood up for Georgiev. Listen, Kreider might have been third man in. You never know. He could have been. Possible. But, but fuck, think, Chris, fuck Chris Crowder anyway. Whatever. What did you want to say? Did he's you want glor- to say something? He's a glorified uh, Jesus fucking Christ. I'll break the fourth wall. My door just slammed. Oh, my heart is in my ass. Holy crap. No, what I wanted to say was about, was about Ryan Reeves. So we can swiftly move on. Okay. So I have to, I have to sneeze. I no longer have to sneeze. Okay. God bless you in advance. Yeah. So really the main topic of the podcast is according to the analytics, the fancy maths, uh, our episode that we did last time out about players that we would not draft under any circumstances did really well. So we're going to do the inverse. Yep. And talk about players that were drafting everywhere. It was very well received. Before we get into that, though, I do have something that I would like to share. So this was a draft that my boy sent me yesterday. And he, he wanted us to grade the draft on the podcast. So we're going to do it. Okay. Okay. It's an eight-team league. So, you know, cure your moans and groans. But eight teams. I know, I know, believe me. But here we go. Justin Herbert, this is from the four pick, by the way, should emphasize. Okay. Justin Herbert, Derek Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, Kenny Galladay, Darren Waller, J.K. Dobbins, Washington football team defense, Jason Sanders, Jamar Chase, Odell Beckham, Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown, Damian Harris, A.J. Dillon, Rashad Bateman. I have to, it's interesting. Well, I think it's a good draft. And yeah, I think it's a good draft, but you have to think about it. Like it's an eight, it's in an eight team league. So like every team is going to be stacked. Yeah. Yeah. The, the way I kind of look at it is he went and he drafted Waller. So immediately it's going to put him behind in another position, regardless of whether it's an eight, a 10, 12, 14, whatever you draft a tight end, you're going to be behind. Right. Regardless of that, he got Ezekiel Elliott in round two, presumably. That's real good. And he's got Derrick Henry and Zeke. Now, his receivers, his receivers, I mean, I'll, I'll read them off again. His receivers are thin. I mean, there's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Amari Cooper, Kenny Galladay, Jamar Chase, Odell Beckham, Judas Bishuster, Antonio Brown, Rashad Bateman. They're thin, right? Well, but they're very injury prone. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of medical red flags with all of them. I, I I do agree, but I think it's a lot easier to find receivers that are going to break out on his waivers than it is going to be um, running backs. Where I think he's really really set at the running back spot. He's got four running backs that are going to be starters for their teams: Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, J.K. Dobbins, and Damian Harris. So. Overall, I would say I, I would say that's a B B plus team. I, I I do like it a lot. It's a me team. It's a me team. I I, I like it a lot. I love the floor Honestly, of that team. That should be a team that's scoring in full point. That team should be scoring a hundred points every single week. Is it three uh, three receivers or two receivers? Two. So basically, he only needs two good receivers. Yep. He only needs one more good receiver because. He's going to be starting J.K. Dobbins at the flex every single week. Correct. I mean, that running back room is so stacked that you could probably have like a middle-of-the-road guy. Yeah. A receiver. Yeah. Well, say, you know, week one, you have a receiver that comes out of nowhere and goes off. He adds that receiver. 
he's got three receivers that he can lean on. And if something happens to Amari Cooper or Kenny Galladay, who right now are his receiver one, receiver two, he then has that guy he could bring off the bench. Or say it's Jamar Chase. Say Jamar Chase, you know, goes off and lights this rookie. He has a rookie year for the ages, like Justin Jefferson did. You know, Jamar Chase is there. He's, he's got that. He's got that backup plan. Everything out of Baltimore suggests that Rashad Bateman is having an unbelievable camp. For Rashad Bateman live up that promise. Maybe he becomes that guy. So interesting that they're, dra- that they're drafting so early. That's a, that's another problem. That, that is another problem, but not my fish to fry. On the on the on the face of it, though, honestly, this seems like a me team. Like I would draft this team. Like prioritizing running backs. Yeah, I would love this team. I I, I would, would I would love it too. I would take this team in a heartbeat. Well, you are you are Mister Conservative when it comes to fantasy football. Only but and only fantasy when it comes to fantasy football and only fantasy football. Okay. Well, that was great. We had a little mini mailbag, kind of. Kind of. We will have we will have a full mailbag later in the week. All right. Very exciting stuff. So we are getting a lot of questions with draft. Oh, of course. I mean, this is the time. Yeah. This is this is in fact the time. Okay. So we're doing the same thing as we did last time. Two players per position. Who are you drafting everywhere you can? Yeah. You want to start off with quarterbacks? Surely. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Oh. Sorry, Adam. Oh. Sorry, Adam. Yeah, okay. I, I'm drafting Lamar Jackson everywhere everywhere I can. His his ADP right now, he's going in round seven. To me, he's my QB three. I think that that is excellent, excellent value if you're getting him in round seven. Now, I think when we get closer to legit drafts and – People are really under the uh, under the uh, under the cosh, as they say. As my my good friend Jamie Carragher might might have said once or twice. I I, I miss Jamie Carragher, great guy, but he's still alive. He, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. He's been he's been in the podcast in a while. He, he has not That's been true. in the podcast in a while. But if Lamar Jackson, you're taking that guy in round seven, a guy that has a thousand rushing yard upside, has seven eight rushing touchdown upside at maybe that's his floor quite honestly, but still will be able to get you your fair share of work as a thrower. And, and, and Adam has made the point time and time again, that the throwing leaves a little bit to behold. And it's a fair point, a little a fair point, a little. just a little bit, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, for me, for me, rushing quarterbacks this year are, are they're, they're just the move. They, they, they are the move. You know anybody who's a pure pocket passer, I'm 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 kind of not gonna go that much. I'm not gonna lean too heavily in in their favor. I mean, yeah, I like Matt Ryan. Yeah, I liked it past tense. I liked Carson Wentz, but you know now it just it just seems like the the rushing QBs are are good are gonna be the move, and Lamar Jackson definitely is uh, is one of the guys that I'm going to heavily target, but won't target him in the, in the co-own because Adam will be, uh, will shoot that down faster than anything he shot down in his life. Do we even talk about Carson Wentz? No, we didn't talk about Carson Wentz. We can talk about Carson Wentz right now. Yeah. I mean, Carson Wentz has a foot issue. And not good. Not good. Not good. Not good for anybody. No not good. Not good for Jonathan Taylor. Not good for T.Y. Hilton. Not good for Michael Pittman, who, who um, I'll be honest with you, I, I would have had Michael Pittman on this list. But if Carson Wentz is facing a multi-week absence or if he's out for the season. Oh, God, that would be awful. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. Jonathan Taylor has also dropped like a rock. He's being, he's being drafted right now as the RB12. And I, I'll be honest, I moved Jonathan Taylor down in my ranks. He's my RB9 now. Well, if Brett Hundley is under center for the Indianapolis Colts in week one, then yeah. Well, apparently it was Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason was the guy who was taking the first team reps with, uh, with the Colts over the weekend. Well, Brett Hundley just signed, so he's probably still learning the playbook. Oh, yes. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. 
but the but, guy who was taking the first team reps was was Jacob Eason. Right. Um, Carson Wentz. I, they said that he he'll try and rest and rehab for opting for surgery, which makes sense. Yep. His surgery is very serious. And thank you. Well, it is. Doctor Casting. Doctor Ka- I'm not a doctor. Doctor Casting. Impersonating a doctor is a is a is a crime. Is a crime. Is a crime. I cannot. I cannot say that I'm a doctor. Hmm. You don't need to be a doctor to say that surgery is a very serious endeavor. Adam Gaster, Brady professional from Hofstra University, an award-winning journalist with multiple degrees, and a member of the one percent who gets daily emails from the Associated Press. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we have found out that Adam actually I'm not a has doctor. a PhD. I'm not a doctor. He Fuck is you. a man of medical science. No. He is a man of medical science, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, you can't say that. I am saying it. Mm-mm. Adam, it's my show. I don't fucking care. It's our show. It's my show. I made it. It's our show. <laughs> it's my show. I it's our care. show. It's what our show. They, what are they going to do? They're going to fire me? <laughs> this is a hostile takeover. It's a, a coup d'etat. Yes. Yes, it is. This is our show. My show. Anyway. <laughs> anyway My listeners. Our listeners. <sighs> but yeah, the, uh, does this remind you at all? Listen, different, different parts of the body, different players, different sports. Sure. And also kind of really different situations because this is a guy in a new team and not somebody asking for a trade. But doesn't this remind you a tiny, 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 tiny bit about Jack Eichel? In what way? Guy's hurt. He's going to continue to be hurt. And like usually, like a lot of the times when somebody has an injury, just an injury that requires surgery, usually they're just like, I'm going to get surgery. Like as soon as I can, so I can recover. Yeah, but I don't think Carson went to saying that though. Well, he's... No, he's not. But I'm saying that usually that's what happens, but he's saying that he's going to try and rest and, and rehab and try to avoid surgery if possible. Yeah, but Jack Eichel wants to have the surgery. It's the team telling him to rest and rehab. What's the opposite? I guess it's the opposite of Jack Yeah, it's Eichel. the opposite. Jack Eichel wants to have the surgery. The yes. problem is, is that the surgery that he wants done, the disc infusion surgery or whatever the fuck it is, I'm not a doctor, so maybe Dr. Caster has more knowledge. I'm not knowledge a doctor either. Area. I don't know. Maybe maybe Dr. Caster has more knowledge about this area. But you still can't say that. I'm Jack Eichel wants to have the surgery, whereas Carson Wentz doesn't, but might need it. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And then when there's more information about it, um, we'll definitely have it. But I'm yeah, not a anybody, anybody, that's drafting, anybody that's drafting now or is going to be drafting in the next couple of weeks. Oh, that's a tough decision that they have to make about Jonathan Taylor. It's a really tough decision because if Carson Wentz is ready and Carson Wentz does play, Jonathan Taylor's back to where he was. But how healthy is Carson Wentz going to be? I don't know. Well, I think this is really why when I said, um, you know, this person that we just graded, they're drafting now. That's why you're like, eh, I don't know. I'm not crazy about it. This is why. Because this changes the entire complexion of your draft. Well, he didn't take Jonathan Taylor, thank goodness. Yeah. But I mean, I'm saying if, if you avoid Jonathan Taylor, then 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 you're chilling. If you're drafting now, if you're drafting now and, and you're wanting answers on it, the answer is just avoid Jonathan Taylor. But it changes the entire complexion of your draft if you mm-hmm. if you're drafting now, because yeah. you don't because there is so much uncertainty around Carson Wentz. Absolutely one hundred percent correct. It, it changes how you feel. I mean, I remember, I remember when Andrew Luck retired and T.Y. Hilton him. was being drafted as a third receiver. I had a draft the day of Andrew Luck's retirement, and I'll never forget it. T.Y. Hilton, the guy who was pre-ranked as a top 25 player, was there in like round 10. Nobody was taking him until someone finally just took him and he was great. 
and he was great. And he turned out to be a guy that in round 10 was absolutely terrific value. Yeah, I drafted him and I drafted Andrew Luck that year. I think two weeks at two weeks later, Andrew Luck retired. It was quite the blow. Yeah. But I, I mean, you want to hear bad luck. That was the year a boy, one of my boys kept Andrew Luck. Oh, that's rough. Kept Andrew Luck. We had our draft and then Andrew Luck retired. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. That really sucks. Yeah. That was one of those. I was just like, oh, and there's nothing I could do about it. There's not, there's nothing that I could just, you know, magically, you know, like that. And, no, you and can't fix it. it. No, you, just, you, you can't tell Andrew Luck to unretire. No, no, unfortunately you, you cannot. Well, I would love for Andrew Luck to unretire so that way we get uh, we get Colonel Andrew Luck back. Yes. One of the best follows on Twitter ever. Fantastic, fantastic follow. Uh, Adam, your quarterback that you're going to be uh, that you are going to be drafting everywhere you can. This is going to be an interesting list because in three weeks we're going to have to make a decision about this. Yes, um, I've said before that I've had questions about this quarterback just because he's only been in the league for a year. And he had a really amazing rookie season. And I've always questioned, you know, what if he su- what if he sucks next year? But I'm willing to take that chance with Justin Herbert just because he had such a great rookie season. And I, I just love his supporting cast. He's going to have potentially, knock on wood, hopefully, a full season of Austin Eckler in the backfield. That's really going to help him. It's going to offset the loss of Hunter Henry. Keenan Allen's still going to be there. I think this team's going to be really, really good. The Chargers are going to be really, really good. And barring any, you know, unforeseen injuries, I, I'm drafting uh, Justin Herbert definitely. Now, my, my my one question with Herbert is: Are you afraid at all of any regression from him? Well, yeah, it's understand understandably. It, you always think about that sort of thing, but he. He, in a way, he, he's weird for me because I like him. I like him a lot. But he's also being drafted in the same range as Lamar Jackson. And when I put those two together, it's not close. But I guess it also depends on what you want as a quarterback. I think this is like the age-old debate is if you're more traditionalist, as I hand gesture towards Adam, if you're more traditionalist and you want to have that, I guess – stricter pocket passer it's going to be herbert but if you want that you know new dynamic style of quarterback you're going to take lamar jackson and i say i say new very loosely but that's just the guy it's kind of the best way to describe it yeah well new depends on taste depends on taste this is this is the great thing with with the quarterback position is it's kind of like an ice cream shop there are flavors everywhere for everybody. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert has some mobility. He's not like oh, he a, does. He does. he's not Tom Brady. He's not Peyton Manning. He's not Eli Manning. Hence, hence why I said stricter. Yeah. He's got he's got mobility. Dude, he got five rushing touchdowns last year. I mean, yeah. most of them were QB sneaks, but still, touchdowns yeah. are touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I got it. Listen. I think Herbert's going to be great again. And, you know, you made a great point when you're talking about the supporting cast that he has. He's going to have a full season of Austin Eckler. I think that's, that's the one that makes me kind of scratch my head and say, is regression really coming? Because he did what he did last year without Austin Eckler. Now, if he could just dump the ball off to Austin Eckler and he has that outlet in the passing game in, in for the running back position, he could do a whole lot more, which yes. is the the the, uh, the other side of me that says maybe significant regression is not coming. I don't. Yeah, I don't think significant regression is coming, which is why I'm going to draft him, but or at least thinking about drafting him. But he'll he, be on the radar. He'll he will certainly be on the radar. I would be very interested if he's there at a good spot. I I take him. I agree. I think it depends on spot. 
as it is for all the quarterbacks. Well, at least all the high, the highly ranked quarterbacks. It's depends on the spot. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think we may have had this, this conversation, but in terms of the top, we'll say top five guys, Lamar, Dak, Kyler, Russell Wilson, and Herbert outside of course, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes top five after that. How are you drafting them, Adam? I think we did the, the the three guys below the top two. I don't think we did the five after. So who who are Out they again? Dak, Dakota Rain, my guy. Yes. Kyler. Lamar okay. Jackson. Russell Wilson. Justin Herbert. I probably those guys according to NFC that are the that that rounds out the top seven of quarterbacks with Mahomes and Allen in front of them. That's like, that's tier one of the quarterback group. I'd probably take Dak third. Mm. Kyler Murray, Lamar, Lamar Jackson, um, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson. For me, I have it. Lamar, Dak, Kyler, Herbert, Wilson. Yeah. So I mean, almost opposite at the at the top end. Right. Actually, it is opposite. It is exactly opposite. I mean, I, I would like I like Dak more than Lamar because Dak's a better a better passer. He has both. This traditionalist showing his true colors. Yes. But you but da- the thing is Dak puts up so many yards and he puts up gaudy numbers. Yeah, no, he does. He absolutely does. I think the, the those the 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 realistic who is the guy out of those five that is most likely to put up 5,000 yards is probably, probably Dak. Dak is probably Dak. I mean, he almost put up 5,000 yards in 2019. Oh, he was on pace to destroy it last year. I think when he went down with the injury, he was on pace to have like 6,000 yards passing. He had 1,800 yards in five games. <laughs> yeah. He was, on, he was on pace for ridiculous yards. And he had nine touchdowns already. Yeah. It, I mean, it was crazy. Granted, the team sucked. That defense was awful. But Which is why he had to throw the ball 222 times. Yeah. In five games. Hey, maybe, maybe that changes. Hopefully it does for the sake of my heart. All right. My, my other, we want my other guy. Yeah. Very simple. This one will be quick. It's the same reasoning I just said about Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, and he's even more inexpensive than, than Lamar Jackson. Oh, mo- most definitely. I I just don't know about Jalen Hurts. It's not even – yeah. The one downside is that the supporting cast that he has is kind of Shungad. And for those who don't know what Shungad is, it's slang. It's slang. So, 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 so for example, for example, I'll give you – I know what it means. I've been watching The Sopranos. I know. Well, some people don't know what it means. People are on culture. So I'm going to give them some culture. Welcome to welcome to culture with bird. Here we go. So an example of how you would use Shungad in a sentence. Adam went to a park, a party with all of his doctor friends last night. He came on the podcast this morning feeling very Shungad. Like that one? No. Yes, you do. You're smiling. There's only one lie in that sentence. Uh, y- you like that one. You're, you're you're smiling. You're smiling. Shut up and say your second quarterback, will you? Okay. My second quarterback is another gunslinger, Matthew Stafford. I love Matt. I love Matt Stafford. He, he's a surprising one to me because I don't get how Matthew Stafford is being drafted as low as he is. I, 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 me personally, I don't understand it. Me neither, honestly. I Listen, I'll take it, though. I will wholeheartedly take it. Would you draft, would you draft Stafford or Tannehill? I'd, draw, I'd probably draft Stafford. Stafford or Burrow? Stafford. Stafford or Rodgers? Rodgers. Stafford or Wilson? Wilson. Stafford or Brady? That don't don't even answer it. Don't Stafford. even answer it. Not worth it. I'll save I'll save everybody's breath. Is it gonna say Stafford just based on merit? Stafford or Hertz? Stafford. 
Okay, so he he's kind of like your QB nine. He's up there. Interesting. I like Matt Stafford a lot. Interesting. I, I, I don't have him over Brady. He, of course, not. I don't have him over Tannehill. I mean, it's just fact. It's just fact. Brady's going to throw a Well, it's not time. fact. It's it's opinion. That's kind of what fantasy football rankings are. Well, Brady is going to throw a fuck ton. That is fact. Well, the fact is, is that Matt Stafford's not going to have a running game. Hey, yeah, he will. He'll have Henderson. We've seen Darrell Henderson carry the load before. I mean, not successfully, but he's been he's been solid. I mean, Matt Stafford has the best supporting cast that he's had in about in about five years. Correct. That's fair. Also, that's fair. And with an offensive guru in Sean McVay, who got outsmarted by Adam Gaze, but that's besides the point. Oh, you really want to throw that in there, huh? Yeah. So. You're back and you're going to back. You're going to go to bat for the guy who got outsmarted by Adam Gaze, huh? Well, Matt Stafford didn't uh, get outsmarted by Adam Gaze. Fair. Fair point. Although, no, yeah. No. When the Jets played the Lions, it was uh, Todd Bowles. It was Todd Bowles. Yeah. That was a fun game. Great game. Great the first game. play Great wasn't players. fun. But the, the rest of it was. The rest of the game was, was fantastic. I'm glad Adam was happy. Good old Monday Night Football. All right, so we want to move on to running backs? Yeah. All right, we're going to make this a little quick because we are at uh, 48 minutes already. So, yeah, we're going to speed this up a little bit. Um, J.K. Dobbins of the Baltimore Ravens is a guy that I will be wanting to draft absolutely everywhere. Uh, I mentioned the stat earlier in the pre-draft process. I'll mention it again. I think every year going back to 2007 or eight, I believe it is. I, can't, I don't remember the year off the top of my head. There has been a Ravens running back in PPR scoring that has averaged 15 points or more. At least one of them on the roster has averaged 15 points or more in every year since whatever year it is. I believe it was 2007, 2008. And odds are it's that number, it's that number one guy. Number one guy is going to be J.K. Dobbins. Give me all of that. And people, people say... Yeah, but the Gus Edwards is there. He's going to take the goal line stuff. Yeah, he's going to take a lot of the short yardage stuff, but the goal line, I think, is going to be a lot of J.K. Dobbins. I could give him every opportunity in the world to be that goal line guy. I think he gets the opportunity. I think J.K. Dobbins is a double-touched uh, double touchdown guy, and I'm taking him wherever I can. I feel that, certainly. Um, my guy, and I just, maybe I'm a Chargers fan. I don't know. I just like Austin Eckler, too. Fucking hell, Adam, you took my other guy. Oh, I'm sorry. You're a prick. But you're right. You are right. I mean, for all the reasons that I said with Justin Herbert, you can kind of extrapolate that and apply it to Austin Eckler. Because Austin Eckler is going to be taking all those dump-offs from Justin Herbert. Yep. And in PPR, specifically... Austin Eckler is going to be a beast and he's always been a beast in PPR. The only issue that I have with Austin Eckler is injuries. And yep. you never know with injuries, but if he stays healthy, Austin Eckler could be a top five running back. Absolutely. And PPR scoring, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. My second running back, you're going to love this one. Michael Carter of the New York Jets. I do. I want him everywhere I can because I think that he's going to be a guy that by the end of the year, at the most, is going to be the starter for the Jets and will be getting the bulk of the carries for the New York Jets. I think there are reports out there and people that I've talked to that have said it could happen sooner rather than later, which even further entices me to want to go out of my way to get Michael Carter wherever I possibly can. Love the talent, was a big fan of his in the pre-draft process, and now here we are. He has a great opportunity in this Mike LaFleur offense under Rob Sala to really become the go-to guy for for the New York Jets and for their for their new starting quarterback Zach Wilson, the apple of Adam's eye. As, He's great, as they say. Oh, Counselor Adam's Wilson, get, Counselor Adam's Zach. Getting, Adam's getting all giddy. His friend Zach, Counselor Zach, his friend. He looks like he looks like a camp counselor. He does. He does. He looks. Like, he looks like that kid. That kid in high school that you just want to punch. But that's okay. We, we stand Zach. What are you talking about? 
We stand Zach. I said we stand Zach. Did you see? Did you see that touchdown that he had to Elijah Moore? Oh my god, the eighty-yard touchdown. Uh, I love Zach Wilson. That throw was ridiculous. Unfortunately, it was against the Jets' defense. So who? Knows? Yeah, but who cares? Off his off his back foot, he's able to launch that downfield. If you haven't seen it, go check on your Twitter. Go check the Twitter. It it, it was unbelievable, unbelievable throw. I saw that. I was like, Joe was on the floor. Oh man, Zach Wilson's gonna be fun to watch. At least you hope so. At least I hope so. At least for maybe the first week. At least do well against Sam Darnold. What happens if Sam Darnold beats Zach Wilson? I don't want to envision. I don't even want to put that thought in this universe. Jets Twitter would melt down. I'm not a fan. Everyone would preach pa- that the the smart, level-minded Jets fans would preach patience, but the normal ones will go fucking ape shit. Normal one? No. I mm. The normal Jets fans, they're New York sports fans. We are a reactionary bunch. It's very true. That's the point. That's oh, the God. point. It's really just kind of exhausting. Every single time the Mets do lose or even not score runs, everybody wants to trade everybody. God, you should have been on Arsenal Twitter after we lost a fucking friendly. Who cares? It's a friendly. Yeah. It's a friendly. Who cares? It's preseason. So what? Who cares? I mean, the Mets didn't sign somebody who has like horrible elbow issues and also probably bad shoulder issues to the point where he refused to get an MRI before the draft. And everyone was saying, well, you know, same old owners. It's just like the Wilpons. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Stupid. Stupid. Scott Boris is a prick. First of all, Scott Boris is a prick. I hope he stubs his toe in the shower. <laughs> God, who's your who's your last running back? Um, my last running back, uh, Michael Carter would have been a fun pick. I took it before you could have, I because you did take Austin Eckler for me. So fair enough. I had to go to Plan C. Plan C. Um. Oh man, it's kind of tough. I mean, I'll take one of a guy that you like a lot, um, and that's Mike Davis. He's interesting to me. I've I've kind of cooled on him a little bit, a tiny, well, tiny bit. Is this because of all the reports saying that Kyle Pitts could play everywhere in the in the Falcons' offense? Well, it's the fact that I just don't want to be a part of the Falcons' offense when he who shall not be named is a member of it. Yeah. But no, I just kind of think that you need to take a step back and and realize that Mike Davis was a backup last year who had a great year because Christian McCaffrey was out. He played played the part of Christian McCaffrey well. I don't think it was that Mike Davis necessarily played superb or or anything like that. He just fit – he fit the role like a glove. Well, I mean, you still got to give him credit for performing – I'm I'm not you know trying to take credit away from him at all. I think he played out of his skin, but that's the point. Is I don't know now in a significantly different offense where the running back is not the focal point of the entire offense. Well, I, I guess I should rephrase that because in Arthur Smith's offense, it kind of is. But with the yeah. way that the Falcons are at least set up, they're not set up to be a run first team like a, a, like a traditional Arthur Smith offense would be. They're set up to be a pass team. They took a fucking tight end, third overall. Yeah. So, was that? Was it fourth overall? Oh, fourth overall. My, my apologies. My apologies. Still, yes, you're right. You're right. Fourth overall. But besides the point, they spent high draft capital on a tight end and people are going to say they're they're still, they're a run first team because Arthur Smith is there. No, put it this way. If they are a run first team, it makes the Kyle Pitts pick even worse. That's true. And we all know that I'm not a fan. Just put that out there. I don't think you need to put it out there anymore. I think it's pretty, pretty out there. Okay, good. Just making sure Uh, receivers. All right, let's move. Yeah. Let's move on to receivers here. So what I did for my receivers 
was I have guys that are outside my top 24. Both of them I'm going to be drafting everywhere I can. First guy, going to be no surprise to anybody that I'm mentioning this name, Brendan Ayuk. He is someone that I want everywhere wow. that I that so I can, shocked that I can get him. Yeah, he was a favorite of mine last year. He's a favorite of mine again. I actually think if there is a QB change, it, it, it doesn't necessarily hurt him as much because he's not really going to be a high capital pick in a lot of places. But even then, I still think Brandon Ayuk was ridiculous last year with Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard. So I think that this is a classic example of a guy that could be quarterback proof and still be able to put up ridiculous, ridiculous numbers for the 49ers. And you're getting him in an unreal spot being drafted somewhere around wide receiver 30 in the neighborhood. Real good spot for him. I want him everywhere. Brandon Ayuk, King, my guy. My, I, I'm now, I, ladies and gentlemen, the podcasting audience, I have an urgent announcement that I need to make urgent okay i would like to announce the arrival of my newborn son his name is brandon ayuk i will not be taking questions at this time thank you very much okay um my guy is also your guy kind of my the number one receiver of the new york jets Corey davis i want Corey davis hey King, love him. Absolutely love him. Adam, continue speaking, please. Continue speaking. I think that Corey Davis is going to really succeed in this Jets offense with Mike LaFleur as the offensive coordinator. Zach Walson throwing 80-yard bombs to Corey Davis in the slot. I love Corey Davis. I love him, too. I pray. I pray. The New York Jets, please don't fuck him up. Please. I think don't I, I live think up to your fucking reputations and fuck players up. Please, not this one. Stop I, I being think... the Jets. Be, do something good for once. Please. Who's your second guy? Uh, hmm. This was an interesting one. Because I was going back and forth. I actually like both of these guys a fair amount, given where they're going. Both in the same team. Both have a little bit of issue at the quarterback position. But I think if one guy starts over the other, then I really like his his fantasy upside. And I'm going with Jerry Judy. Of oh, Denver. my God. I was really thinking about Jerry Judy. Yeah. I, I, I Corlton Sutton for mine. Yeah, Corlton Sutton was, was, was another guy that I like a lot. I think with if it's Teddy Bridgewater in, in due course, because Drew Locke sucks, like we all know that he does, then my good God, I think that Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton could really be super, super, super value picks for teams later on in drafts. They're just rounding out their receiver rooms. I like Jerry Judy as a third receiver. I love Jerry Judy as a fourth receiver. Absolutely love it. If you if you could if you could pull that off, I mean you're getting Jerry Judy, you're getting both of them really at a good value. They're both being drafted outside the top thirty. Yeah, which is nuts to me. Which is nuts. You yeah, you're getting them at a really good value, and I I, I agree. I I'd have either of them on mine for my for me. I'd have either of them. I draft either of them. Yeah. All right. Last but not least, tight ends. Tight endos. Um, I'll give my two because this is not a surprise to anybody. There is le- legitimately no suspense here. No. Irv Smith Jr., Tyler Higby, or, and or Cole Komet. Which two do you think I put down? I think you put down Irv let's see Smith how, Let's Jr. see how well you know me. Irv Smith Jr. and Tyler Higby. Aw, sweet cheeks. You do know me. I should have just guessed wrong. So you just... <laughs> it would have been better than what than the actual outcome of what happened. Work hubby. What a guy. Irv Smith, Tyler Higby. Yeah. Th- those are my two. Those are my two. I have talked about Irv Smith and Tyler Higby countless. I mean countless times. 
So it makes no sense to go and repeat it. I'll, I'll, I'll simplify it as best I possibly can. Irv Smith, Kyle Rudolph there. He has 60, 65 catch upside for me. Tyler Higby in a brand new offense. No Gerald Everett there. He too has 55, 60 catch upside with six, seven touchdown upside as well with a, with an offense and a quarterback that wants to utilize the tight end position and will be throwing a lot. So Irv Smith, Tyler Higby, love him. Uh, I like Logan Thomas and Blake Jarwin. Oh. Now, weren't you a Dalton Schultz guy or was that somebody else? Maybe, I don't know. Like whoever's the tight end for Dallas, the starting tight end for the Cowboys. Okay. And Logan Thomas. I see. Okay. So the, the tight end one for Dallas and Logan Thomas. Yep. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, Blake Jarwin happens to be ranked higher than Dalton Schultz, who is like in the who is in the troposphere, while Dalton Schultz, while Blake Jarwin is in, is in the stratosphere. They're Which back to back from me. It doesn't make any sense. Fantasy Pros has uh, Jarwin at seventeen and Dalton Schultz all the way down at thirty six. Yeah, they're back to back for me. Jarwin, Jarwin is 24, yeah. Dalton Schultz is 25. I mean, I guess that's really the only argument that I can think of against having the starting quarterback or the starting tight end for the Cowboys is that you don't know who it's going to be because both of them, because you know, uh, Jarwin was really good two years ago and Schultz was really good replacing Jarwin last year with Andy Dalton as his quarterback also. Yeah. So uh, that would be the only thing that I would be concerned about. But yeah, I, I just think the, the starting tight end for the Cowboys has usually had success. Um, under Dak Prescott, they have, yeah. In a season that Dak has completed, a tight end for the Cowboys has not had under 90 targets once. So every every starting tight end for the Dallas Cowboys, or at least a tight end on the roster, has had 90 targets every year under Dak that he's finished the season. We have some slight breaking news. It's probably the one that I was going to break. Is it Devonta Smith? Yep, that's the one. Two to three weeks he's expected to miss with a sprained MCL. Yeah, it's the first batch of preseason games. Yeah. So... Hopefully he gets that preseason time though, because I I do think that he needs that, you know. Yes, he certainly does. Um, yeah, it's an MCL sprain. I mean, they don't they don't really need surgery. You can play on an MCL sprain, kind of. Yeah, no, you absolutely can. Tom Brady played on an MCL sprain or an MCL tear, quote unquote. Yeah. I don't, I don't believe it, but you know, it's not, this is not the same thing as an ACL sprain. It is in your knee. Obviously that's still important, but um, yeah, two to three weeks, but it's worth monitoring because this is a receiver that we're talking about here. And, you know, for quarterbacks, you can play with something wrong with your knee, maybe a little bit, but for receivers, they need their knees. The knees are the most important joint, like your knee joints are your most important joints as a receiver. It's a little difficult to uh, play wide receiver if you have bad knees. Yeah, it's really, really hard. You can't just cut the way that receivers cut if you have bad knees. Ain't that the truth? But yeah, that that's all. But yeah, that's all we got here for the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Later this week, we're going to be having our mailbag, which is going to be very, very fun. Mailbag? Always love the mailbags. We've been doing a lot of them, and that's really just a testament to our listeners who keep sending in questions. We stand the questions. We stand the questions. Also, notice my choice of words. I said our listeners. Our listeners, we stand the questions. Our listeners. Our. Our listeners. Our listeners. 
Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of not only the Fantasy Show, but everything under the Basement Talk Podcast umbrella, wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host, Ed Birdsall, I am Adam Caster, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye-bye.